Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I am Rabbi Barry Chesler, and today's Daf is Sukkot Daf Kafala. Tractate Sukkot, folio page 21. Yesterday's Daf ended with a question. What is the reason for Rabbi Yehuda's opinion that an ohel must be man-made? Today's Daf begins with the answer. Because they Rashavah, using the word Ohel, in reference to the Mishkan in Sefer Shmot, in reference to the laws of Para Aduma, the red heifer, whose ashes are used to remove corpse contamination, as detailed in Sefer Bamidbar. Just as the Mishkan is a man-made structure, referred to as Ohel, so too must the Ohel impurity law refer to a man-made structure. The rabbis, on the other hand, apply Ohel to both man-made and natural structures. Learning this extension from the numerous uses of the word Ohel in the passage referring to corpse contamination in Numbers 19, three times in verse 14 alone. The question is now raised. Does Rabbi Yehuda believe that Ohel cannot apply to a natural structure? And the objection is brought from a Mishnah in the Masachat Parah. In Jerusalem, they used to build courtyards on the bedrock, and underneath them, they would have empty space because of graves of the deep. In other words, even though it was highly unlikely that there were any corpses under the bedrock, which could transmit ritual impurity, the empty space provided a separation, containing any tumah and not allowing it to go upwards to the courtyard. To these courtyards, pregnant women would come and give birth and raise their sons in a state of ritual purity so that they could participate in the ritual of the para aduma. Once the children were grown, they would bring wide-bellied oxen, upon which they would place doors so that the children could sit upon them without hanging over them, holding on to stone cups. All of this protected these boys from contact with ritual impurity. The oxen acted as a barrier between them and any impurity below, and the stone cups do not conduct impurity. They would come to the Shiloach, the spring in Jerusalem. They would alight from the oxen and descend into the water and fill up their cups, get back up, and sit on the oxen again. It was this water that would be mixed with the ashes of the red heifer and be used for sprinkling. According to Rabbi Yossi, they would not even risk this small chance of impurity, but would lower their cups into the water on account of Kever Hatahom, graves of the deep. Rabbi Yehuda said they would not bring doors, but only the oxen. We may infer, then, that for Rabbi Yehuda, the oxen constitute an ohel, that is not man-made, for otherwise the doors would be required to act as a man-made ohel. When Rav Dimi came to Bavel, he said in the name of Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yehuda accepted a natural ohel, provided that it was larger than a fist. Another Baraita taught that Rabbi Yehuda also accepted as a Nohel holes caused by dislodged boulders and rock crevices. And behold, the door, which is more than a few fistfuls, 
But we learn in the Brighton that according to Rabbi Yehuda, they would not bring the doors, only the oxen, because the doors in this way do not serve as a know-how. Abaye and Rabbi differ, offer different opinions for Rabbi Yehuda. In Abaye's case, the oxen themselves provide the ohel, so the doors are not necessary. Whereas for Rava, the reason for not bringing the doors is not that they do not constitute a ohel, but because with the doors the children would be tempted to lean over the side and be exposed to Tuma, while if they are just on the oxen, they would be too afraid to do anything but cling to the oxen. A paraita is now brought, which supports Rava's opinion by essentially recapitulating what we have just read. Rabbi Yehuda says that they did not bring doors because the children might lean over, so instead they brought wide-bellied oxen, which the children would cling to, and when they reached Shiloh, they would alight and dip their cups in the water, and then get back on the oxen. We now return to the bed in the sukkah. Does it not also have several fists of open space, thus constituting a nohel, which would prevent one from sleeping underneath it, which Rabbi Yehuda claimed was permitted? The Talmud answers that a bed is different because it is made for its top, that it is designed for one to sleep on rather than for shelter. But so two oxen are meant to be used for their tops, that is to ride on. When Ravine came to Babylonia, he said in the name of Rabbi Elazar, oxen are different because they shelter the shepherds from the sun and the rain. But then we could say that some say the same about a bed for it shelters the shoes and sandals that are underneath. Rava says that what makes oxen different is that their backs protect or shelter their entrails, and he provides a proof text from the book of Job. Alternatively, one could say that Rabbi Yehuda, according to his reason, that a sukkah is a fixed dwelling where a bed is a temporary dwelling, and a sukkah is a fixed ohel, and the temporary cannot trump as it were the fixed. And for Rabbi Shimon, who also says the sukkah is a fixed dwelling, a temporary ohel can trump a fixed ohel. And this is what they disagree about. Now comes a short sugyah, which brings a baraita in which Rabbi Shimon makes the point that we learn from the conversation of Rabban Gamliel and not just from his teaching. The Talmud wonders why it says sicha, conversation, instead of devarav, from his words. Milta Agav Kamash Milan. We learn from Psalms that even the conversation from a sage requires study. The next Mishnah states that one may lean or support a sukkah on the legs of a bed. Rabbi Yehuda limits this to the case where it can stand by itself. The Talmud asks for the reason for Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Zeir and Rabbi Abba Bar Memo disagree, with one saying that it is not fixed if it cannot stand on its own. And the other says because a schach would be put on something that is susceptible to impurity. What is the difference? He drove in iron poles and put schach on them. For the one who argues about fixity, this sukkah has it. For the one who says that it is putting schach on something susceptible to tumah, this has that too. Abai says that it is only talking about support, but if you put the schach on the bed, then it is kosher. What is the reason? For the one who says that it is not fixed, it is fixed. For the one who says that it is about Tumah, there is no Tumah. Until tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros 
from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.